Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. So uh, we went to the comedy store last night. Yeah. It was uh, super funny. For Jill Fitt's boyfriend's birthday, who we call Keith Fit. Ooh, <laughs> dropping the name on the podcast for the first time. <laughs> so yeah, went to a comedy show, Joe Rogan and a bunch of comics. Dudes. And there was a comic that made a comment. Well, well made a joke. Yeah. Made some jokes. <laughs> Well, it's so funny. So Danny's there with a date. I'm there with Keith. And we came in separately. So we ended up not being able to sit together. So you and I were texting back and forth the whole time, like commenting on. <laughs> and it was so funny because there was this female comic and she said a couple of things that we had literally just talked about that day. So we're like, oh my God, this is so funny. And like another comic did, said the same thing. Like something we talked about the podcast that day. So then this guy comes up and he is talking about getting out of a 12-year relationship recently. And he was talking, he's 41 years old, and he's talking about how different it is dating someone in their 20s versus someone who's, you know, in their 40s or even like their 30s and they're divorced. And just basically, it's a joke, obviously, but I, I found myself getting triggered. Yeah, I, was I, I had triggered. to check myself. And I'm texting triggered. Danny like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> so basically he's saying uh, when you're dating a woman who's divorced, it's a whole different ballgame that like she just is... What would you say? Like he so, was trying to say. Well, his, she's his joke basically was she's he was like, well, you know, women in their 20s, they're just impressed by you. Women in their he's like 41 year old woman. She doesn't need you. And he goes, the way I look at it is you tell me you're divorced. That means somebody paid you to get away from you. And I was like, dang, because, you know, it's funny. I was on my date. And right before that, we were having a conversation at dinner about his divorce and how he had to give his ex all this money and basically like pay her off. So when he said that, I was like, shit, that's kind of true. But also it's like, that's fucking shitty but thing like, to say. Right, but also like, I don't want you either. Right. right. So I caught myself being like, oh, what? Is the dude, the dude is the one who has to say. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, ah, no, the woman doesn't want to be with you either. Totally. Most of the time. It yeah. just happens to be the person who has more money, I guess, pays the alimony. Right. Um, yeah. He's like, the way I look at divorced women is, is that someone's paying to get away from you. And I was like, well, that's kind of a shitty thing to say. Because like you said, you don't know the other side. You don't yeah. know the story. And so it was like, all right, that's. That kind of sucks, and I didn't like it, but it, I mean, I was laughing, but I also yeah. felt a little triggered. I was like, wait a minute, dude. I so I just it. said to Danny, so I texted her while we were at the show, and I was like, dude, we need to do an episode on our divorcees damaged goods. Are yeah. they damaged goods? Is there, like, what's the difference in, you know, and I th I do think there's a difference, and I do think that, you know, like, one question to ask is, are they damaged mm -hmm. goods, you know, mm -hmm. and really, like, give credence to that, because, you know, I think, obviously, you guys know what the best life, we we decide what our reality is. We always can kind of say like, we get to choose our reality. We get to choose how we want to feel in the moment. That's of course what the best life is all about is, is finding gratitude, even in the most sucky moments. And so for us, it's like, of course, you know, you can decide to be, and what does that look like? What does quote damaged goods even mean? Is it mean that you are cynical? Is it, does it mean you don't trust men anymore? You're kind of like a man basher. And like, we've, we know people like this. And yep. like, I think for me, that's always been a cautionary tale, especially coming off, you know, a relationship that had infidelity in it is like, God, like I know what the 
traditional trajectory is Mm -hmm. and it is to believe that all men cheat it is to believe that you know to like kind of hate men to like you know just get with your girlfriends and talk shit and stuff like that and I I've always been aware that like I don't want to have that reality otherwise like I'm never gonna be able to move on and so you know I I'm interested in your take on like how would you define damaged goods Dude. Well, I think da- the, how I would define damaged goods, it's somebody who's like, I picture uh, a box that has just been stomped on and like has grease on it and it's just a mess, right? And you're like, okay, I don't want to touch this kind of thing. And I honestly had a narrative in my own head when I first moved out to Santa Monica. I remember having these conversations mm-hmm. with you on the beach of going, I don't want to be that bitter, man-hating divorced person. And I was really struggling with identifying as being divorced. I would rather just say I'm single. Like I don't say I'm divorced. I say I'm single or, and it was because this narrative I had of kind of being disgruntled, angry, damaged in some ways, or like what, what did you do wrong that your marriage didn't work? It's kind of like Mm -hmm. something must've happened. You must've been there must have been an issue. You must have been crazy. You must have been, who knows what you must have been. Yeah. There must be something or, that we're not knowing. Yeah. Your husband must have cheated on you. Yeah. Yeah. Because you, of course, aren't worthy to be, to have someone totally. be faithful to you. So yeah, I, there's definitely a narrative around once you get out of something like you did something wrong and suddenly you're, you're not the clean, pretty box anymore. You're like a greasy, <laughs> slay, a greasy ripped up piece of trash. And yeah, is that true? Is it not true? I mean, the, ultimately it comes down to you decide whether or not that's true, but there's hundred percent a story I think we can tell ourselves. And then when he said that you're going, in my head, I was going, dang, do guys actually think this? Because I never even thought about the male perspective of a divorced woman. I just think about my own perspective of what Yeah, I- so like what would, did it mean to you to say that you – because I think you and I were a little bit different. I didn't really have an issue with being divorced. I was like mm-hmm. – for me, like saying I was divorced wasn't a big deal. I was kind of like – in fact, I almost – kind of was proud of the fact that we were together for 10 years. Like I kind of used that as, I kind of was like, oh, like, you know, like we made it 10 years versus I think a lot of people are like, if, if you don't stay together forever, then it's you some sort of failure. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you and I had this conversation right after, like right before you got, you your divorce officially went through and you were like, I don't know, I love the idea or I liked the idea of us being able to like work through it and what somehow get a trophy at the end of your life and so yeah. I think it just depends on what you value mm-hmm. do you value like the stick to, you know and we've had a lot of people write into us and say you know I have been with my husband or my wife for 30 years and you know we had some hard times and we stuck it out and and congratulations I think that that's amazing if it works for you but I think to judge another couple for choosing divorce because you didn't in times like, I mean, you know, to say that Danny and I should have stayed when we clearly, you know, didn't want to, couldn't, wasn't the right choice. Whereas if other people, maybe they do leave too early. I don't know. But I think that's, it has nothing to do with anyone's relationship. It has nothing to do with someone else's relationship. Yeah. hundred percent. I think the damaged goods concept is, it's funny because I never thought about it as much being divorced. I remember feeling that way after I had my daughter, um, because I had her at a young age. So my first boyfriend after my boyfriend that I had her with was 20 years older than me because I thought I was quote unquote damaged goods and that I couldn't be with somebody younger because I already had a kid and I kind of like ruined it. So a guy 20 years older than me would at least, I I assumed that he was used to dating older women, used to dating women who'd have kids, used to dating women with stretch marks or something like that because I felt like I basically had ruined my body and ruined my life. So I can see how getting out of a marriage, same thing if you you divorce and you have children, feeling like, 
well, I'm not fresh and new now. Like I already have, like I have baggage, but you know what? Everybody freaking has baggage. I don't care if you are divorced, not divorced. Like you have, everyone's got their, they got some baggage. You know, I mean, there's two ways to look at it. You can be like, hey, this person has been through some shit, Mm -hmm. you know, and so are they damaged? Or the way I see it is this person has been through some shit. Like they're, what's the word? They're like shined up. Like to me, it's like, oh, cool. Like they actually like, you could, they're buffed up. Like they, they are on their shit because of the experience of it. I know for you and I, like if we hadn't gone through what we had, Mm -hmm. like I would have so many blind spots still, and I still have blind spots, but a lot of things were revealed as a result of going through this, that I chose to work on myself, to become more self-aware, to become more independent, to not define myself by a relationship or being chosen in a relationship. And yesterday we had a friend of ours over here, a guy who was dating and he's our age. And he traditionally has dated a lot of women in their twenties. And he's out here in LA and he's dating now a woman his age. And he's kind of like, you know, I feel like these 20 something women, they just like want to get notches in their belts and they're, you know, trying to like experience life and sow their wild oats. And I was like, you know, in my twenties, I wasn't doing that at all. I was looking for the one. Yep. I think if anything, after divorce, you're much more likely Mm -hmm. to want to have a lot of experiences. I think before you get married for the first time, that's when there's more anxiety and more desperation about, I need to find the one, I need to settle down, I need to find my person. And now I'm kind of like, if I'm going to be with someone, it needs to add to my experience. Yeah. I totally felt that way in my 20s. I was not about sowing my wild oats. I was literally thinking, who's one person that I could get to love me right like <laughs> totally. like who's going I need to, to find my person as and, soon as possible and I didn't believe that I was lovable I mean I think you know when you're younger you just don't have the confidence you don't realize how many people are out there I just I was like gosh who's gonna want me after I've already that I've made these mistakes and I've already had a kid and so I just latched on to the one person whenever I could and it's funny because now like you said it's if it's a no it's like I'm not gonna try to make it work I'm just gonna keep keep going or do my own thing. And that was another point that the comic made. He said, you know, they, these women don't, they don't need you financially. You know, they're, you're a 40 year old woman. You don't need the guy. And there's just a funny thing about that where guys, it's so funny. I'll date these men who they say they want somebody independent. They say they want a woman who could take care of their own, but then on the other hand, they want to be needed. They want to be depended on. And so it's like, do you really want that? Or do you, do you not want that? It's an interesting conversation because I think, you know, for you and I, I think there's something to be said for, and there are certainly the group of people who post-divorce, and by the way, it's just not just women, by the way, this is men too, who have a chip on their shoulder, who feel done wrong by their ex, who feel as though they got the short end of the stick. And so they kind of go through life after divorce as if it's always going to be bad. And they kind of still hold it. I mean, I know people who have been divorced for 20 years and are still harping on the thing that their ex did 20 years ago. And so I think that there's certainly a subset of people that's men and women, by the way. And then there's a subset of people who post-divorce get better as a result of it. And they go, you know what? I like, again, I am more independent. I realize that I, and I think this is you and I like, I am totally fine being single for the rest of my life if that was the case. And I and that's and that would have been terrifying, a terrifying reality 10 years ago or even 5 years ago. And I think there's something to be said for that level of confidence that you're bringing into a new relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think that it takes a very strong partner yep. to be able to handle that. Because I think, like you said, like if a, if a man and we're just talking about like obviously heterosexual relationships right now, but if a dude you know, wants an independent woman, like they got to be ready for that, yep. you know? So it can't be both ways. It's just like I said to you before we started recording that we see a lot of women 
who are like in our space and maybe entrepreneurs and they go, I really want an emotionally available man. I want to be him to be emotionally vulnerable. I want him to be like, to be able to cry and stuff like that. And I'm like, I get that. Like there's certain something to be said for someone who can articulate their feelings and be communicative. But like, I don't know about you, but I don't get really, uh, that's not attractive to me. And in fact, like I want a dude who can like hold it down and like be strong and like, yes, be, uh, able to communicate openly, but I don't want him crying all the time and being like super emotional and and complaining all the time. Right. And I think it's the same thing with these men who say, I really want a woman who is, you know, independent and she's not needy and she doesn't need me and she's doing her own thing. And then there's, and then they go, well. I'm not needed and yep. that makes them feel less than. Yep. And then they turn around and go, well, she didn't need me. I'm like, okay, what is it? What is it going to be? Well, you be? said that even in the uh, Ferris episode where, you know, like after yeah. you found out, you asked your ex why yep. he cheated and he was like, you didn't need me. And you go, of course I didn't need you, but yep. I wanted you. Yeah. And I think post-divorce, because we know a lot of women who are in their 30s yep. who have never been married and they are very, not, I don't want to say desperate, but they're very anxious about, I need to find the one. They feel like they're, and, and you know, to be honest and to be fair, you and I don't want children. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit different of a dynamic when you go, you know, like, yes, like if you are 35, 36, 37, you're going, man, like the time to potentially like have someone to have kids with is getting less and less. I got to like find the person. We got to date for a while. We got to get engaged. We got to like, I, but I just don't believe that that's necessarily the narrative that we need to have anymore. I don't think that that's the script anymore. Yeah. I think you can be 45 year old woman single and go, you know what? I want a child and I'm going to try to adopt. I think that's just a vi- as viable of an option, but I think that's it definitely feels a little taboo to talk about that. I think going to the narrative and the script, I think that's kind of the damaged goods narrative and script too. I think that's an old narrative and it's an old script. For me, I think dating, I'm looking at... So before I met my husband, I was dating a guy who told me that he wanted to have a child with a woman, but never he didn't want her to have a kid before. And I had. So there was like there was almost this like... I wanted him to want me, but I knew I was, you know, I had already had a kid. And so I was like, not the right person. And it was almost like he was punishing me for that. It's like, what can I do? Yeah. He was also gaslighting you. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. but you know, it was, I was young. And so I didn't, I was just like, oh, you know, there's, I want to be that person for you, but I can't. And so I believed that. And I think when you're younger, maybe you think you can have all these boxes checked. And there's not to say you can't, like, if you want to find somebody who's single, never been married, never have kids so that you could be the first one, have at it. But I don't think that you're going to find that in your late thirties. And if you do, I don't know, there might be something kind of weird about meeting a guy who's 40, who's never been married, never have kids or well, that, we've a asked, female. We've never been, been on dates with guys who are like in their forties. We go, what's wrong with you? Yeah. So I think that ultimately the damaged goods thing is for me, it's the opposite. I'm like, I want to know you've been through some totally. stuff. I actually prefer somebody who's been divorced or who's gone through some hard things, gone through some loss in their life, who gets it. I don't want the perfect person, the quote unquote perfect person. I think actually something might be more wrong with you if you have never been in a long-term relationship and you've never lost, uh, like broken up with somebody or if you, you know, I just, I really think that we have to let ourselves off the hook and that story that we're damaged because who are you looking for? Like, are you yep. looking for the perfect person? Doubt, yep. doubtful. Yeah. I mean, I just don't think that that person is out there and it just seems bizarre to think that, that it's, it's actually a bad thing. I think it's a good thing that you've gone through. That's stuff. so interesting. I, that's such a, like I hadn't thought about that before we started recording. And I remember when I was, I started to date the guy that I'm dating now and we were maybe a month into it 
And I remember saying to you, like, you know, the one thing that I'm worried about is that like, I've been through all of this shit and I've like had all these lessons and I feel so much more uh, emotionally equipped to have a better relationship moving forward. And so I remember we were to dinner and I was like, you know, Hey, um, I didn't say it in that way, but I said, you know, I'm interested in what maybe like lessons you've learned from your previous relationships or like, you know, have you learned things through, you know, maybe you're dating or whatever, like what, where have you maybe come to or like whatever. And I remember just feeling like, ah, like he like hasn't been married before. Mm-hmm. He like has been in long-term relationships it was years ago. And like, I, I, I was worried about maybe the level of communication. Mm-hmm. I guess all that stuff comes out in the wash. Like sure. you eventually figure that out, but that was definitely a consideration. So I love that you said that. It's so true. It's yeah. like, I actually think the more, heartbreak you go through if you're a self-aware person mm-hmm. right because again mm-hmm. you can you can become that like that like person who brings their baggage into the next relationship and I yeah. think a lot of us do and so and I notice myself doing that at times and I'm like okay I have to check myself and go like am I projecting or am I making assumptions or am I projecting like old stories and old narratives onto this person which is so not fair yeah but it is um I'm glad you said that because I'm like yeah that's exactly right mm-hmm. you know I just the older I get, I think, too, the less I'm ashamed by my past and my story. And I think comes down to, and we've talked about this more recently, too, is just owning it, yeah. like owning who you are. If you say it first, then nobody nobody can hold it over your head. It's like now that I finally came forward talking about my adoption, it's, it's crazy to me that I actually kept that a secret for mm-hmm. so long for some of my best friends. And... When I'm dating somebody, I want to just put it all on the table. And it's I don't put it on the table because I... Uh, See if you can handle me, right? Yeah, but it's not for that reason, but I just want to get it all out there and just know that I don't have issues around it. I think that the damaged goods part comes in when you feel like you are, like you're you're actually personifying the damaged goods, yeah. right? Like we could both have, we can have two women, both gone through an affair, both had a similar situation and one person can just go, look, I owned it, I get it, it wasn't about me. And the other one feeling like, gosh, there's something wrong with me. They're still in that space, right? So I think ultimately is just dealing with your own stuff, finding the lessons and going like, okay, what are the lessons in this? Let me go forward and let me become a better version of myself versus becoming a crumpled up box grease of myself. (laughs) Yeah, super cynical, like crusty, like always skeptical. I remember I went out, was dating this dude a couple of years ago and uh, on our first date, I just talked about like literally, I don't know how it came up and I was like, oh, I was... Um, I was married and he was like, oh, what happened? I said, I moved out to LA and he said, what happened? And I said, my ex had an affair and he goes, and he kind of like jokingly said, okay, so you don't have any trust issues. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, and I started laughing and I was like, you know, I probably do, but I'm working on them. You know what I mean? I think that's the thing is like, you just have the awareness of like, okay. And I think even yesterday I was talking to a dude who was doing an interview he was interviewing me and I kind of just said something about, oh, my, my ex-husband had an affair, blah, blah. And he was like, whoa. Mm-hmm. And I remember just being like, I forget sometimes that it can be so jarring for people because you and I have just talked about it so much. Yep. It's, it's certainly become like, uh, you know, the cornerstone of this podcast even. And so I was like, oh, yeah, I forget sometimes that like there's a lot of emotional baggage that people assume that you have because the traditional script is if you've been cheated on, you must be, you must be a man hater. You must be, you know, someone who has a lot of trust issues. You must be, and I am proud of us for trying to um, change that narrative and really starting to question that narrative and really do. I just think that the, the end of the road can't be, I'm divorced. So, you know, and I had this thing happen to me. And so I'm just going to, that's it. Like he's the, he's a perpetrator. I'm the victim. Yeah. End of story. And I like that we are 
trying to continue the story and going like, that's a little short sighted to just stop there. It's like, but what's my part in this? And how can I make myself, like you said, make myself better as a result of going through this and showing up to a new relationship, buff the fuck up, not damaged, like yep. buffed up. You know what I mean? I love that we're changing the narrative. I was so, I was struggling so hard with identifying as being divorced. And now I want to maybe paint a new picture. So when people think of someone divorced, they think of like a glow up instead of the crumpled piece of paper, right? Like, oh, dang, she got divorced. All right, let's see this new like butterfly that comes out of this. I think that we can change that just by showing up the way we are. And I don't know, I like the idea now of kind of maybe being a an example. I think you were an example to me of what that could look like. And I like the idea of being an example that we don't have to follow that script. We don't have to like go, well, now I just get the leftover scraps of everyone else. Like, no, we get to choose who we want to be with. And if we want to be with some badass dude, cool. Like, I don't have to just take what I can get because... You know, I because that's better than being single. Yeah, like, no, or like because no. I already ruined the chance, you know, to be with the right guy the first time. So now I just get the leftover dudes who, you know, I don't know. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of that. There's a lot of settling too because I think people go, well, I'm know, getting my, older. The pool's yep, getting smaller. Yep. Like, and I think we just get to go. No, we get to write that shit, and you can you can get what you want and ask for what you want. You don't have to settle. I think there's something so powerful about just going like and realizing like, you know, people always say they're so scared to die alone. And well, like, first of all, everyone's dying alone. Yep. So like you don't get to like take your person like into the grave with you. But like to me, like going to like, if that was my actual reality, like what, like why is that bad? Except for the story that society tells that it is, you know, like what does it make you worse off? Like I'm like, part of me feels like, damn, I'd like to like, live in the south of France like alone and like write for the rest of you know what I mean so it's like there's I feel like there's options Mm -hmm. that we've never really had before and I do think it's up to us to own that script and to be a champion of that script because I think it's um I think we're up against a lot of cultural kind of and societal level scripts that it makes you if you're divorced someone rejected you it's like no I rejected that person Mm -hmm. and I want something better for myself so I think I think we have the power to change that we do. We do. I'm just laughing at the idea of the joke last night when he said, so somebody's paying, you know, $4,000 a month to get away from you. I'd be like, yeah, cash in on that bitch. I'm <laughs> right. Like I'm getting, I don't have al- any alimony by the way. And good for you. If you do, I'd be like, yes, cha-ching on me <laughs> for getting paid to Make like it rain. be myself. But <laughs> you know, it just, there is an interesting thought process. And I think that I think it's a level of maturity, just obviously it's insecurity. Com- like, yeah. yeah. But I think there is a certain level of just actually owning your story and knowing that you're actually better for it. You're stronger for it. You're a survivor. You've gone through some shit. Like you have a badge of honor. Like, yeah, I did that. And also to your point earlier of like, I was married 10 years. Like that's actually a positive thing. Like I made a relationship last that long. Not many people can say that. So whatever your like number of years is or not, just own that you did something and you're still here and you got something to like, you're not beat up. You're not a garbage bag you don't just get the leftover scraps because you messed up the first time now you don't get a good like you get a second shot you get a new shot every single fucking day so yeah I I think it's just about owning your stuff and going yep I'm here I did that I and I like that we had this conversation to me it's like where I I hope to view it from all angles because part of me is like is it valid 
are you damaged goods? Like we should ask that question. It shouldn't be like, of course we're not. It's like, no, like that's definitely something to consider. And I do think it comes down to two things, your perception and then also how you act moving forward, right? Like it, it depends on like how, you know, your perception and then how you act moving forward. And luckily we get to choose both those things. Yeah, 100%. Definitely seen people that I'm like, yeah, they are damaged goods because they act like it because they're they're owning that. That's what their belief is. Totally. So I love it. But you get to change that belief. That's why you're awesome. I love how you're just eating on the podcast. I know. Just fuck it. I couldn't wait. <laughs> Hopefully you can't hear all of my eating, but I was really hungry. Um, anyway, we would love to hear from you guys. So if you um, are damaged goods, come and talk to us. <laughs> Join the podcast group yeah. with all the rest of the damaged people at thebestlifepodcast.com. Yeah. We're a bunch of we're a bunch of greasy bags. We're a bunch of consignment shop <laughs> on hangers. Oh my god. We love you guys. Um, by the way, please we love when you tag us on Instagram and share. If any of the episodes resonate with you or you just know that would help somebody, we'd love if you share those. I don't know how to do it not on iTunes, but on iTunes, there's little three dots. You can right click and then there's like share episode and you could literally text it to your friends. You can post it on Facebook. So if there's episodes you think somebody needs to hear, we would love if you share it with them because that's how we get around and spread our message and spread the love. Yep. Awesome. Love it. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.